0: Whether you're just starting your journey or already in the thick of it, you've come to the right place. We look to
1: educate and empower you to successfully manage your college recruiting process. Join us each week as we hear from college soccer coaches, share insights,
0: and give you the inside scoop on college recruiting now. Now. Sit back, relax, and let us bring the recruiting trail straight to your earbuds.
1: It's time for kickoff.
0: Here is your host, Scott Gabbard. Hey, what is up, boxers? Thanks again for joining me on another Inside the Box podcast, the college recruiting podcast for you, the college soccer community, those of you navigating the college recruiting process um, kind of a unique guest uh, on with me today this is going to kind of be geared more towards um, my parent listeners out there um, this is uh, a, a really uh, cool guest in my opinion uh, it's uh, she's a four-time uh, Emmy award-winning sports journalist and also the founder of uh, I love to watch you play.com for those of you that don't know about that website I would uh, strongly encourage you to go check it out um, it, it's a uh, it just has a ton of, of different resources and, and guides and articles about raising, uh, you know, healthy, uh, happy, successful athletes. Um, you know, she's been featured in the Washington post, the USA today, the today show leecher report, NFL.com sports illustrated, you name it. She's been there. Um, she's the mother of three daughters, uh, who, who's, you know, played or are playing sports currently. she's a former D one basketball player. Um, you know, been dedicated to sports pretty much all of her life. Um, You know, so she gets it. She's a parent. She's been there. She's been exactly, uh, you know, where we are as, as soccer parents. Um, So that's kind of when I wanted her head on. She has a a very unique story uh, with kind of her, uh, one of her daughters that was a water polo player um, and, and kind of how things kind of transpired with that. And I I read it and I really wanted her to be a part of the show to give us some, some insights on, on, you know, some of the pressures that, um, you know our kids face so without further ado Asia welcome to the program
1: hello Scott I feel like you know I was having kind of a low energy day but that intro <laughs> whoo, I gotta right. bring it I right, gotta right. bring it it's so it's um, so nice to uh meet you and, and I'm so happy to be on your show
0: yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, again, thanks for thanks for jumping on. I know you're obviously with all those accolades and all those things going on, you're busy, not not even including the mom part. So um, <laughs> I appreciate you being on for sure. So um just getting into your, you know, your article that you that you wrote on on your platform, I love to watch you play.com, Um it really struck me because I feel like a lot of parents <laughs> are exactly um, you know, where you were with your daughter, you know, playing club water polo and, and, you know, going on to play. I believe she played on, you know, on the Olympic development team as well. So obviously, you know, you know, deeply involved and, you know, highly talented and, and, you know, playing, you know, playing in college. I know that's everyone's goal, right? That's why we're, why we have this podcast is obviously we're helping, you know, college athletes, uh, you know, go on to play next level. But I just kind of wanted to, if you would, just kind of talk through the article and and, and kind of explain the story that happened behind it and, and kind of, you know, your major takeaways that it just, it struck me as being very real and very, um, very relatable.
1: Yeah, well, you know, um, I think like you said, it's, you get caught up in the goal and the end goal. And- that happened with us and, and Piper, you know, she started out and, you know, I have to say that I played college sports. um, Her dad played college sports. We both worked in sports. I think a lot of times in families, you know, it's sort of like she was going to be an athlete. There really wasn't much room (laughs) for her to be anything else. And, and not that we didn't, do a ton of like, you know, creative exploits. And we both worked in a creative field and hiking and love, you know, all kinds of things, but the, the athlete part and the, the sort of, um, you know, energy around sports was very alive in our home. And so we had this, you know, beautiful little daughter and she's her own unique person, but she really kind of, you keep kind of pushing them into you know, okay, well, what, and she's very athletic and she was tall. And so she kind of found, you know, followed, followed the um, family path for a while, the family business, if you will. Um, (laughs) And I, and I think back and, and although there were some signs when, when she was younger, I remember once we were trying to get her to go play basketball at the park and she said, mom, I'm an actor, not an athlete. And I remember that moment. And thinking to myself, like, oh, like, is that is that something I should be listening to? And I kind of just like shoved it down. But she mm-hmm. had been telling us in different ways since she was very, very young. And, um, you know, we just didn't really want to listen. And that being said, look, we, we exposed her to everything. She had art. She had singing lessons. She did dance. She did all kinds of things. But that sort of drive for sports and and athletics was, as I said, very much alive in our family. And um, so, you know, I think from the get go, you know, it wasn't maybe what was truly in her heart. Um, But that being said, you know, she said she loved it. She wanted to be on the Olympics. That was a dream of hers. Um, She was a very good water polo player. And I think that's also where it gets a little tricky is, is when Mm -hmm. they're really good at something, you know, and, You start to, it opened doors for her from a young age. She was on a TV show with Cam Newton. She got to go to a really amazing private school because Mm -hmm. they really wanted her for water polo. And so you start to, to really sort of focus on all the gifts that it can bring in that way. And look, I'm not saying those are bad gifts, right? Like they're amazing. But if you lose sight of what it's really all about, And that's picking up all the incredible gifts that it gives you as far as leadership and being a good teammate and knowing how to Mm -hmm. win and knowing how to gracefully win, knowing how to lose, knowing, I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And I think with the minute parents get focused on the end result and not the journey is when things start to go wrong. And um, I think that happened with us. It's like, okay, she's got into this school. Now what about college? And, you know, you start um, just thinking about oh, we put so much into it, and you start to get focused on the wrong things. And you know that definitely happened. And she, and she's our oldest, so I'm sure your listeners who you know are on uh, are have more than one child and and are on their second or third. Mm-hmm. You know, you learn these lessons the hard way. Um, you know, my my middle daughter, she just went off to um, Ohio State to play soccer, so you know, it's like, I learned a lot of those lessons and hopefully applied them and, and had to do some, a lot of repair work with Piper though. I, I won't lie. Like it, it has been a rough journey.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I know, um, you know, I guess from a burnout perspective, I guess, you know, were there any, I get this question sometimes too, from, from my parents, whether you know, any clear signs, I mean, obviously you said that, you know, she had indicated early on that um, there was a possibility that she was an actor and and not an athlete. Were there any Mm -hmm. other signs that, you know, led up to the point where, um, you know, that maybe, you know, for whatever reason, it's easy to overlook at a parent, because as you said, you know, she had a successful career, she was, you know, well-recruited at that point, people wanted her on their team. And, um, you know, what were some of the, maybe looking back that you can say, you know what, we had even more signs that we really didn't, you know, see because we were, you know, blinded by that. Um Any of those?
1: Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I, I want to, this is something I, I really feel very strongly about. Parents are really trying to do the best they can. And, absolutely. you know, I have a lot of compassion and, you know, it, it's like, if you look at our society today, right? It's, All about sports. 80% of people follow sports. Our our hero worshiping with all the athletes, the money on the social media, you see them living these lifestyles. And then you add in all the body chemistry and literally body scientifically, our bodies react when we're watching our kids do things. I mean, Mm -hmm. it is like, it is just a, it's tailor made for people to behave poorly right and to behave out of character i think yeah and i'm not talking about like i just saw in the news today actually some i think he was even like a fireman or a policeman who in the um congratulatory line after the game shoved like an eight-year-old i mean it's It's like and i'm not talking about that kind of behavior but just just your sort of garden variety parent who kind of loses it and sort of gets um, off track in how they're handling their, their kids. And, you know, is a yeller or whatever, I mean, there's a lot of reasons why we are at this sort of breaking point. And unfortunately it's the kids that are breaking, not just the burnout, right. But the mental health issues. And as we were discussing earlier too, just, um, you know, so many incredible athletes that could continue playing, but um, they don't want to, they've had enough. And I think so much of that could be, Helped um, if parents sort of understood some of these really important things about what works and what doesn't. And so, to kind of get back to your question, because I kind of got off track there, um, I think, again, it's hard with your oldest because you have to learn, you have to see the results of, of what happens. Um, mm-hmm. But the signs are there. They, they don't, they, they start to not love it. They don't really want to go. They, you know, it's sort of like it feels like it's work. Um, mm-hmm. to kind of keep them along the path. And you kind of, you're playing this game of, of how, okay, maybe this is a temporary like feeling she's having and you don't want her to quit and give up everything she's done so far, lose her place on the team or whatever. So you kind of keep nudging and you right. keep pushing and you keep trying to like funnel them down the system. But I'll tell you the difference between my daughter who's playing in college right now and my oldest daughter, I never had to do that with her. Um, yeah. and I, and I think that's something that's really hard. And I, I'm not saying that, like, I feel like every professional athlete, collegiate athlete talks about times when they had burnout and times when they didn't want to play their sports and times when they considered quitting. So I'm not saying like at every whim that a child says they're tired or needs a break or whatever to like, okay, let's just quit You know, or even if the parents would say, well, I'll make them do the whole season and then quit. I'm not even saying to do that. But what I am saying is that if you don't listen to what's happening with them in those periods of time, it will end up probably with them quitting. Because what you need to do is make some changes and you need to make sure that you're not afraid of the the result from that, whether it's a coach. Oh, they're never, you know, the the coach is not going to play them if they take a two week break the they're not right. they're going to lose their spot in the starting lineup all these different things it doesn't matter a, can't take a vacation. Of, no right <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, and i think yeah. parents need to get back their agency and be, get back some of the control around making sure their athlete is healthy and happy and if that means taking breaks whether it's a day and you take them to go get ice cream instead of practice or whether it's a week a month a season I think we have to listen to that and we have to follow their lead and support them. So I think that's really really sort of the key thing and the the thing that will keep them playing and keep them in love with the game and and having them know that you have their best interest at heart and not what is the end result with their sports and that's a critical critical point.
0: Absolutely, completely agree. Um what are your what are your thoughts on uh, I mean, I see this, and it just—it seems like, and I'm more geared towards soccer, but I'm seeing it with other sports as well, basketball and and whatnot. Do you think we're we're starting our kids out too young to play club sports?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, definitely, just from the statistics about um, early specialization and injuries, it's clear, right? Um, mm-hmm. We're we're creating amazing 15 and 16 year old athletes. And then they're peaking and their bodies are breaking down. Um, but I think, again, it's it's this catch-22. And I so feel for parents um, going through it. And I certainly went through it, which is, okay, if everyone's starting their kids that early, then oh. you're going to be left behind. And your kid is never going to make the team. Um, and so you keep doing it. It's like this vicious game. I think parents need to talk about these things. They need to lead by example and take a stand. Like, no, I'm not putting, and I think parents, like it's all this secretive stuff when you're little about what camps you're doing and what you're going to, if you're going to change teams, do all this. I think the more parents can outwardly talk about this and say, it's not healthy to start your kid at four or five or seven on (laughs) a club team. And the more we can talk about it, then hopefully we can start to move the needle and change a little, because right now, you're literally behind the eight ball if you're starting your kid like mine in um, sixth grade. So my, my daughter is playing, you know, at a big D1 school right now, didn't start club until sixth grade, but that is unusual. And that, I would say that is um, uh, very much not the prototypical club kid that's going to play in college. And so th- it, there's not a great answer until we all start making a change about how we view it and how we do it. Because until that happens, I think too many parents are going to feel like their um, kid is going to be falling behind.
0: Yeah, you're exactly right. It is a catch 22 because I hear that often too, from a lot of parents as well. And, and, and to your point earlier, I mean, we only want the best for our kid, right? I mean, we want to do everything that we possibly can as a parent to make sure that they achieve their goals that they have. And um, you, you know, and, and they're, it's, again you don't want to be you don't want to be behind the eight ball i mean i've i've i said it earlier but you have i've had so many parents that tell me well we can't take a vacation because then she'll miss 2 weeks of club you know and i'm like no no you you it's okay take a vacation tell the coach hey this is our family time this is what we need to wind down you know this is we need to be together for this 2 weeks because there's just so many schedules out there now that i mean especially in the warmer you know climates i mean these soccer schedules they're playing all year round. I mean, if they're not, if they're not an MLS next or, you know, and they can play high school, I mean, they're, they're really playing the entire year. Um, And there's just, I see it a lot within the last, I think we talked about it earlier within the last few months, I've heard from several college coaches that said, you know, over the last two years, there's been a lot more recruits that have said, Hey, we don't really want to play college soccer. You know, we just want to go and focus on academics and, and, and that's okay. But it just seems like that those numbers are, are rapidly uh, increasing. And, and I mean, I, I, I agree. I think it's because of the time we live in and, and the club sports. Not that there's anything wrong with club sports, but I think some of that plays into it as well, for sure.
1: A hundred percent. And, you know, look, if you have a coach that doesn't support your family going on a vacation or doesn't support <laughs> if your daughter's feeling tired, taking a few days off you know, then it's probably not a great place to be, really, you know, agree. and, and yeah. they they should have the kids best interest at heart. And I'm not talking about someone who takes advantage of it. it. These are team sports, and you can't just be missing things all the time. But you know, when it's, when it's meaningful, and it's important. Um, I've had so many different coaches for all three of my different girls. And I would say the majority of them when you're communicating what's going on are totally fine with it. They really are. A lot of them have had kids themselves. You know, it's just communicating that information early um, and making the assumption that they do want what's best for your kids. I think parents are afraid to talk to coaches and coaches are afraid to talk to parents. And it's leaving this huge gap that is really only harming the child. And I think we both have to get over each other and and start communicating. so that. And look, a, a coach has to look out for the team, right? Period. Yeah. So, like, there's the 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 individual comes second to them, and I think that's where a lot of times parents can't seem to grasp that that there's yeah. a whole team they're looking at, and so like there is some. Um, it's not an easy conversations all the time, but they need to be had because it's really important if you're if you're expecting your child to a have success and b to stay healthy and into it and interested in it and in love with the game.
0: Yeah, I'm so glad you said that because I. I completely agree that I've noticed that over the last few years, I, I believe you're correct. I think parents are afraid to talk to coaches and vice versa. It It's, it's a weird phenomenon to me because I, you know, when you have a kid involved, you would think that there would be some open dialogue there to, you know, to make sure, like you said, mm-hmm. that, the, you know, your child's mental health and, and their physical health and all those things, you know, are, are relevant and talked about. And, but it, it doesn't seem to be the case. And, and I'm, Confused by that too. So I completely agree. You know, parents don't be afraid to have those conversations with your coaches. That's why they're your, you know, your, your kids' coach. You need to be able to have those, those candid conversations with them and, and, you know, tell them what you feel is, is best for your child at that time. And, and, and then, you know, take the feedback back from them too. I mean, they're, they're you know, they're going to give you some feedback that, you know, you probably need to, you know, listen to as well. So I think it's just something that I do find peculiar and I'm really glad you brought it up for sure.
1: Yeah, no, it's so important. And I I do want to say, like, I think you really, I mean, sometimes high school can be hard because you can't necessarily make a change. But Mm -hmm. if it's a club or a rec or whatever coach, and they're not hearing and they're not understanding and they're coming back with like, just really, um, you know, detrimental suggestions or or not, Mm -hmm. or not hearing it at all, then you really should make a change. You know, there's no, there's no reason to stay with a coach that doesn't have the best interest of your child at
0: Agreed. Agreed. Um, you know, with you know, with this, and you probably have a unique perspective on this too, being a, a former athlete and, you know, being a parent of of a of a D1 soccer player as well now, um, you know, the whole the whole journey, um, I'm not just talking about the recruiting process journey. I'm talking about the the entire journey from youth youth sports all the way up through club and, and beyond. Um, it's got a lot of ups and downs, right? <laughs> so, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I guess in your experience and, and you know, kind of how do you, I, I see parents struggling with this. How do you kind of keep a, a, a level playing field, so to speak, through the entire thing? Are there any words of advice that you would have for not only parents, but for, you know, players as well, you know, not trying to, um, you know, get completely high when you're, you know, on the, you know, something good happens, but then not get too low uh, when something yeah, not well, so good happens.
1: I think that that's a main point that I talk about all the time. And there's a diagram. um, Obviously, it's a podcast, but if um, you could look it up, I think it's the arc of youth development. And it's okay. really funny. And it's really so spot on. But it's like <laughs> a little line and then squigglies up and down and all around and circles and circles. And, circles, and then at the end, there's another line. It's like, That is the path of a youth sports athlete is not straight up. Um, And I think that a lot of parents are misguided, especially again with their oldest children who haven't gone through it before. Um, They have no perspective. And you have to be able to pull yourself out and see the whole picture. And there are going to be spots. And I'm sure, Scott, you experienced this with your kids. It's like there's the the young age where they're just experiencing the sport and they're so mm-hmm. excited and all in then they come up on puberty where not only are their bodies <laughs> changing yeah, but all of sure. a sudden your super coordinated child just is going through sometimes it takes months because it's their bodies have changed but their brains haven't um reacted to it yet Curled or responded yep. to it yet yep. and you can you can think like this is the end of the world mm-hmm. like we're and it, unfortunately sometimes, especially with the female body, male coaches don't have a lot of knowledge around this. Yep. And correct. you know, you can make someone feel so bad. There's such a huge drop off in girls playing sports around that time. Um, because there is just and injuries too. If you're not if you're not up on how to train for soccer and prepare for soccer, there's so many ACLs around this time, your bodies are yeah. changing. Um but then, then, right, you come out of that, maybe. And then there's the next thing. Then there's like the the high school years when they are starting to, you know, experience wanting to go out and hang out with their friends more in the opposite sex or the same sex or whatever their choices. But it's like all right. that stuff. Those are hormonal changes that are very hard to like handle. Like, okay, do I want to go practice? I can remember being I was also a softball player, not only a basketball player, and I was on varsity as a freshman. And I can remember being on this field at my old high school and all the cars of my friends would drive by that field on their way to the lake. And I would just be sitting there and it wasn't my love. And I'm like, oh, my God, no. And I actually quit softball halfway through that season because it was just like I my my desire at that time and most kids is such a social um, thing, and so, if you can't somehow balance that for your child where they're not feeling like all they're doing is training and going to practice, there's mm-hmm. a huge time where kids drop off and it's not just dropping off for reasons like I did because I wanted to go to the lake and hang with my friends, but it's also when they're discovering new interests, you know we look at this mm-hmm. these stats and 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 they're so like oh my god they quit sports well sometimes they quit sports cuz they love art or they quit sports because they're doing theater now you know it's it's part of the development and the growth and you have to kind of follow your child's path but to to the back to that arc of development um you really need to step back i mean my daughter was on my soccer player daughter was going to the national team um uh they used to call them market trainings So she would be invited to these little trainings when she was, I don't know, eighth grade or something. I can't remember exactly. Mm -hmm. Her 10th grade year, she sat the bench almost the whole time. And this I see repeated over and over. This is a roller coaster ride. Strap in, stay balanced, keep like the positivity up and the support up for your kids because their play, it can be a year where they're not, you know, the coach or whatever it could be, their body, their changes, their mentality, or a coach that just doesn't prefer their style of play or whatever it is. Yeah. There's a million reasons. And you you have to be their sort of like sane, balanced, like it's going to be okay. And guess what? If it, If they don't end up continuing to play, that's okay too. And Absolutely. you have to be okay with that, and they do. So it's really kind of stepping out and seeing a zoomed out view of this process.
0: Absolutely. Completely agree. Completely. Um, You know, and I think one thing that I did too, and I think you may make mention to this in in one of your articles as well, but what helped me and my daughter, I think is, you know, I mean, I was, you know, a college athlete too, uh, just a different sport, (laughs) but um, you know, I kind of gave my daughter, you know, autonomy and, and just let her handle you know, without me being that pressing force of you're going to go to practice, you're going to do this, you're going to work out, you're going to and like, I was like, hey, this is your process, right? So, you know, you know, your level of fitness and your technical ability and all of those things are going to be important to you if you play college soccer, if you decide to do that but I'm not going to stand over top of you and to make sure you're doing those things. If it's really a priority to you, then you need to make a, uh, you know, an adult decision, you know, and and work on those things and to make sure that you're physically fit and that you're technically sound. So um, I don't know what, how you feel about that, but giving my daughter that ownership of the process seemed to really help our relationship and the, and the overall outcome.
1: Yeah, I, I completely agree. I had to go through that a little bit too. And you know, It's part maturity, right? Like, there's not a ton. I'm not saying it doesn't exist, but like eighth grade, ninth grade, even tenth grade, that are, um, you know, running on their own and doing all this extra stuff. Some of them a little, or if we've scheduled like a private training for them, right? right <laughs> that you're right, like, hey, right. you should do Hell it. Yeah. Private. But yeah. it it sort of grows that 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 side, and also they they you know, start to develop their own goals and can kind of see that it's hard, like even my freshman who's having to send out volleyball recruiting emails right now, it just seems so far off, right? And it's like, oh, I don't like it's so hard for them to sort of focus on that and do a lot of these extra things. But A, I think it comes a little bit with age. B, I think today's kids have such a harder road with social media and the phone and technology because it is just an energy time suck. And Correct. we didn't have to battle against that. Um, but then C, and maybe the most important is what you said. And I found this too, is when I, w- when it kind of came to that meeting point, when she was more mature and I was learning a lot from my oldest and started pulling back, it's amazing when it's their journey and it's their process and their goals instead of yours. I mean, just think about it, it'd be the same for us. Then all of a sudden- then they're more responsible about it. They're wanting to do more. They're wanting to like take on more because it's theirs and not ours. And I think yep. that that is a really big part of it.
0: Yep, it 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 makes such a big difference. And and it's, I mean, it's difficult. You know, as we said, you want you always want what's best for your child. And and you know, as a parent, well, we think, well, I have to intervene and and play a role in this. And to, and to some extent, you do. And we touched base. On on those ways that you can support your child and, and to be there for them, but it's it's absolutely their journey. And and I kind of this is kind of getting into the recruiting side of things too. But you know, for the recruiting process, um, you know, parents, I tell you all the time, it, it's it's their journey, right? You have to let them send the emails. You have to let them have the conversations. You know, during the visits with coaches, you have to allow them to do the process because it is their process and it's part of growing up. It, it's kind of like, it's, it's kind of like letting your kid drive for the first time. Right. You, you know, when mm-hmm. you're, you're, you have to let go, you know, and it, it's tough, but you have to do it. Um, and, and you can see, um, you know, some kids are, are, are to the point where they just, they, they need a break. They, they need, um, you know, they need the I don't know, lack of, a, I'm looking for the right word that they, they just need, um. They just need to, a break. Let's just go there. They just with need space. a break. They, they need, yeah, yeah they, exactly. Space. There we go. They need space. They need, they need to do their own thing for a little while and, and that's completely okay. And as a parent, you know, we should want that for them because that's part of, you know, their mental health, their physical health, Um, you know, and, and we can't let, you know, our desire for our son or daughter to play at a college level or whatever the case may be, we can't let that interfere with, with, with their journey. So
1: no, a hundred percent. And they'll, they'll, they know that when, when our desire for them is above yes. and, and is different from their just happiness, that that's a recipe for disaster, you know, for the relationship and, and hard to heal from that. So
0: I definitely so, agree. So with you being a, as an official D one soccer mom, what, what, what kind of advice could you give to um, you know, having, having, you know, obviously been with your daughter and seeing her experience the D one soccer side, What's some of, of advice that you could give to maybe an incoming freshman that's going to be playing college soccer this fall? What what, what kind of things that should they know?
1: Um, well, if you have some of those, let me know because I'm a freshman <laughs> mom with an incoming <laughs> soccer that she just had to report way earlier than most. She had she graduated on a Thursday and went to campus on us that Sunday, so okay. I'm in the thick of it.
0: Um, I, I, so you have a volleyball player and a soccer player is that correct?
1: Yes, my soccer player is my my youngest daughter and she, or okay, my volleyball player my volleyball player um my middle daughter is my soccer player, and I will say this one little thing is something um that i've seen is she really got um two things actually she's incredibly focused and um just really into recovery and sleep and nutrition. And I think Mm. that serves her so well. And I I was a little over the top about that stuff. I'm glad for her. It's like resonated now. And it's like, she's going to bed like early. She wants the rest. She knows how important that is. Um, The other thing is she did, you know, we have a lot of local trainers around my area who Mm -hmm. specialize in in a lot of different kinds of things, but she did a pretty high end um, phenom sports. I'll give them a little shout out, Rob he mm-hmm. he has a program for co- uh college soccer players and so he has a lot of girls who play college they all get together three or four days and work out they run they lift he has them playing soccer and i just think it gave her the conf- not just the confidence going into the the college um um uh, summer trainings but also she really is like fit and so mm-hmm. it was just perfect i'm really glad that that she did that instead of trying to do something on her own um it was all tailored for for incoming college soccer players and so that was critical too
0: awesome yeah for sure i i am glad you touched on it too but you know recovery and fitness and sleep are so important and they're and their attributes that a lot of of you know, teenage kids and, and, you know, college kids overlook, especially that sleep factor and how important it is.
1: It's so everything. It, it,
0: it really is. I mean, your body, your body has to have time to recover. Uh, it's mm-hmm. just, especially when you're playing a sport, you know, as, as strenuous as, as soccer for sure. So um definitely glad you touched on that. And, and again, guys, I, I can't stress enough. I really encourage, you know, parents, players alike, you know, you know, visit I love to watch you play.com. Um, you know, it's, you know, Asia is the, you know, the CEO of, of this, uh, you know, platform and, and they have, you know, a podcast, a blog, uh, you can join a newsletter. Uh, the articles on there are just awesome. Um, you know, and it's just, it's all relevant to what we're all struggling with as parents and athletes, um, into in, you know, in society today. And, and just, a ton of information and resources on there that can help you get through it. So, Asia, again, I really appreciate your time today. Is there anything else that you need that that you would like to add before we before we sign off?
1: No, I think we covered it. Thank you so much, and and thank you for that little um, plug too. I appreciate it. And no, it's been it's been great and fun, and I think we really hit a lot of great points in our conversation. Absolutely.
0: Thanks again, uh, and uh, guys. Until next week, you
1: know the drill. Keep working hard and keep being kind. I'll see you next week. See ya.